Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode six of The Sideliners. I'm your host, Brad Siegel, joined by my co-host and good friend, Benjamin Solis. How are you doing, everybody? Well, I'm doing great. Um, we took a few weeks off, you know, winter break, spent some time with the fam, right. watch a lot of football. I'll tell you that. There were definitely a few days over the break where I just only watched football. I mean, you know, sometimes some, sometimes that is people's only dream is to watch football. Yeah, no, they were great days. No, really. I, that's all I could ever want. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have uh, our other co-host, John, with some... Uh, he is out today, but you know what? <laughs> we're going to get back to it. Oh, yeah. Just, just we... us two, and we're going to get back into the role of things, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we have a lot to cover, especially in college football. Uh, we Two missed... weeks worth of football. It's more than that. We missed the entire bowl season, basically. Overall, I think super lame. It's like, obviously less games. But there was, like, one good, good, close game. It was the Coastal Liberty game, which we wanted all year. I mean, we've been waiting all year for that. <laughs> but it was a great game. But it was just, like, there were a lot of games, there were, or a lot of days, there were just one game, and it was just not a good one, usually. What would you call the A&M Tar Heels game close, like, that, before, but before A&M pulled away? Right, that, that, I guess, was pretty close. The New Year's Six games, and, I mean, Georgia-Cincinnati, those were good games. But up until that, I mean, that was just, like, the, the last day of bowl season. Um, shout out Texas, getting the 30-point win. Yes, very exciting. We'll talk more about them in a little bit. Right. But um, the first thing I want to touch on, um, Kyle Trask. They obviously didn't have their full lineup against Oklahoma, but really did not look good at all. I mean, just really did I not mean, look good. I mean, just to say, just to, just to put it out there, they took a fat L. Yeah, I mean, three picks in the first quarter, was it? Something like that. I, was, I think it was three picks. Yeah, I mean, that's not good. And so, obviously... Florida wasn't supposed to win that game, but they weren't supposed to lose by that much. Does that hurt his draft stock, we think? Um, so, like, just to break it down uh, with Lawrence uh, finally declaring, that that's obviously he is at the top. Right, of, he's not, Trask wasn't going anywhere near him anyway. Right, and then, of course, you have Fields uh, coming in at number two. And then I've seen uh, Ritter and Lance. Yeah, no, I have fly, seen both of those Flying up draft. Boards. And Zach Wilson. Right, Zach Wilson, too. I mean, you know, potentially... I think those guy. three are pretty interchangeable and could go at any point. Right, like within the... that three and five spot. And then, like, yeah. you know, uh, people like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. I mean... Sam you... Ellinger, Kellen Mond. Right. I mean... Kellen Mond declared today. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I mean, you know, kind of within that three to seven range, I mean, kind of kind of pick your poison quarterbacks. Jamie Newman. Right. Um, he had a quiet year, but... Didn't he opt out or something? I think he opted out this season. Did he? Something like, or he's hurt. He didn't play though. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Dominating win by OU. Another thing. Speaking of OU, the Big Twelve went five and zero in bowl games. And so, with lots of arguments between our some of our guys, does does like the question that that raises to me is does like do bowl records matter in determining the strength of a conference? What are your What are your thoughts on that? So. I, I have an interesting take on this one. I think it kind of depends on which conferences prioritize which sports. Well, there's also that, but I like there's always the idea of like if tech if they're gonna match up Texas against Colorado, if they're like if they're gonna give the second best team in the Big Twelve the seventh best team in the in the Big Ten, I mean usually that Big Twelve team is gonna win. Right. It kind of just depends on the matchup. And and maybe maybe that depends on uh, COVID matchups. Yeah, also, that definitely changes things. But I, I think there is there is some merit to people saying that, oh, this conference, you know, 
either they and if they completely dominated their games right against, against you know, well the big 12 okay so texas dominated right. ou dominated um iowa state didn't dominate but looked good they played oregon oregon oklahoma state beat miami in a close one and west virginia beat army in a close one mm. I, but, mean, I mean win, wins are wins and none, none of those are really bad teams ex- except for colorado really it yeah wasn't great it, it was it was an ugly game Right. In, in not in Colorado's favor. No, we were. It was good. Um, so yeah, the future of uh, Texas football took a big a big jump. I guess it, it seemed like the consensus around here in Austin was that we were keeping Herman for another year. We were chugging along. With this kind of in my eyes, just sped up the process. And I'm glad we went in a new direction because the last two head coaches have been group of five guys that have had success at the group of five level and then were in over their head at the big Texas job. This guy, Steve Sarkeesian, is going to have experience at that, you know, higher level, but it's just a matter of can he keep his cool, can he stay off the, the drink, and can he, can he step up to the plate and, and do this with a new quarterback and a new coaching staff? It's interesting. So I didn't think they had the guts to do it. I didn't either. I was shocked. And then not only firing Herman, but getting rid of the entire staff is what the story was, or at least most of it. Yeah, no, we got rid of pretty much everyone. Made some new hires already. Blake Gideon dropped the famous pick against Tech. Then the cat crapshy catch, you know, good well, days. Um, and then, of course, so coming in from Alabama, you know he's going to... He's bringing in that Alabama prestige. Right, and, you know, Saban's, what, something like 30-0 and against his former assistant. Something like crazy stat. Well... You know, we're lucky we don't it, have to... We're lucky we hopefully won't have to play them. Oh, no, we play them next year. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. We have a home at home. Yep. In <laughs> Austin home. first. I just... That would be hilarious if we beat them. Like, that would just be... Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. And I, and I was kind of, like, on the fence of more of my other friends. Because I saw Sarkeesian uh, with his time with the Falcons. And it just... It didn't look good to me. And obviously, the Alabama success may be... I don't know if it necessarily negates that, but it's definitely going to be an interesting fit. Um, yeah. But, you know, went in a new direction, and we're going to see where he takes UT football. See right, and I mean, you've got two bright stars that shined in the bowl game. Casey Thompson completed eight passes, half of which were touchdowns, right. which is super exciting to see. And Bijan Robinson finally got double-digit carries, only 10, and he averaged 18 a carry with a touchdown and two receiving touchdowns. So, I mean, I think all year Texas fans were complaining that he wasn't getting enough carries, and Herman just wouldn't do it it didn't really make sense and that and that's another one of the decisions like of one of the many decisions that herman maybe just kind of didn't align with maybe what the team wanted what the fans wanted yeah it's not that hard your best player your most dynamic running back give him the ball he's a playmaker he does playmaking things you put the ball uh in the hands of your best player yeah and And that he's arguably your best player but i think he's he's the most fun to watch at least and He, he did well and you know the for me, the late the late clock management uh, and drive stalling out with leads. Yeah, that is, all the time. We just we fall asleep for quarters at a time. I mean, it's just it, it's, it's hard, hard to watch. watch. Yeah. Wow, that's... Um, so uh, <laughs> a, a big thing that we've been hearing a lot about uh, this week is with the four-team playoff, like, I mean, obviously, Alabama dominates. And everyone knew Alabama was going to dominate. Ohio State did come as more of a surprise. But we, we come to realize that the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Notre Dames, the Oklahomas, they run college football. Right. There's no parity. Ever since the 14 playoff came along, it was, when they first announced the 14 playoff, there was excitement because 
oh my gosh, we have twice as many teams competing for a national championship. There's going to be some parity. And so far in the six years of it, seven years of it, there has not been much parity. There hasn't been any. So. I mean, how do, I'm, but it's so weird because it's like, even the athletes know which colleges are going to be able to get right. That's why you. That's why you decommit from Texas and commit to Ohio State because they're going to be on the biggest stage and be watched by the most NFL scouts and produce the most NFL talent. It's it's a hard game to play in the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, I, unless you're part of a certain top tier of schools. I so mean, I mean, the SEC just you know. Yeah, just, for the most part steamrolls everybody but again it's not all of them i mean vanderbilt's not getting this kind of attention well that's also vanderbilt right that that's my point (laughs) um Um, so some some predictions obviously alabama dominates ohio state dominates but justin fields takes a hit um predictions for the championship can anybody stop alabama and Devontae smith and possibly jalen waddle if he comes back also before we get into this shout out Devontae smith i mean Heisman winner. He won the Heisman. First, he, and I think he deserved it. I really I, do. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, first one since, was it 90? 90, 91. Desmond Howard. And, and I think it's a shame that Trevor Lawrence will go down as never having a Heisman, being as good as he was. But this year, last year, Burrow totally deserved it. And this year, Devontae Smith totally deserved it, in my opinion. I mean, you know, you, you go out with Lawrence as what? getting to the national championship twice and then the semifinals once. Yeah, I think he only had two losses as a starter in his entire career. And I, one was to Alabama and one was to Ohio State. It's certainly not anything to be uh, Or no, one was to LSU about. and one was to Ohio State. Uh, nothing to be upset about for for Lawrence. Um, no. He had a great career. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and he's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, most likely heading to Jacksonville, unfortunately for him. Well, I, I mean, I've heard that that Jacksonville is uh, head coaching spot is very desirable with that Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it would be fun to coach him, but just being in the city of Jacksonville, you know what I mean? You are, you're like, are you even like top five cities in Florida? Uh, well, you've got Tampa, Orlando, uh, what else you got? Tallahassee, I guess. Eh. Boca. My wait, did I say Miami? We didn't say Miami. Oh yeah, I didn't say Miami. Of course. Um, the keys. We'll count that. Maybe <laughs> maybe fifth. Fourth or fifth, maybe. Best case scenario for Jacksonville. Um, I, I don't think he's losing any sleep over it, though. I mean, sure, it's no. cool to have that recognition, but, I mean, you, yeah. know, you, know, you know where he's going. Right. And so, okay, so going back to the game, right. you're taking Alabama by how much? Uh, I'll say... I'll say 14. 14. Okay, I was thinking... So, this, to me, I, I totally think Alabama's going to win, but it depends on how Justin Fields is feeling. If he can play up to the level he played against Clemson, maybe they keep it within two touchdowns, maybe even one touchdown. Maybe it's a close game. If not, especially if Jalen Waddle's back for Alabama, it's not going to be close. I mean, it's just so hard to stop that offense. Mac Jones, he's not the most athletic guy. Neither is Devontae Smith, but he makes all the right reads. He knows what he's doing. He's comfortable in the pocket, and he can throw the ball. And then they do have... I mean, we saw Najee Smith. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Najee Harris. I mean, he, not Najee Harris, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, that, that hurdle. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, like, people forget that Alabama has arguably the best running back in college football, too. I mean, it's just, it's totally not fair. I mean, do, do, you, do you see Najee Harris going as maybe like a Derrick Henry-esque? Uh, I wouldn't say he's that physical. I mean, he is physical, but he's not. A, I mean, Derrick Henry is the physical back in the NFL right now. Um, shout out Derrick Henry for 2,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, 250 against the Texans in a wild game. I mean, my God. 
that that that's maybe a game we can get into a little yeah, bit. That, we, we, oh, we, we saw we saw the end of that. I feel that so was, bad for Deshaun Watson. God. I actually have something about that. But, okay, but we'll get into it later. So yeah. Um. So. Uh. Okay. So that covers college football, and now this is very exciting for us guys. We're gonna take a break for a message from our sponsors. Thank you, Ben and Brad, from a different time. But we are back, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Yes. Uh, if you haven't already checked out Anchor, you totally should. Take us away. So, two weeks of the NFL. There's a lot to cover, but we're just going to go from week 17, because that's what everybody remembers. Right. And Sunday Night Football was maybe the most egregious uh, destroying the integrity of NF- of the NFL. So, so, as a Giants fan, and watching that game... I was surprising. I surprisingly kept my cool. I'm I'm all good, really. You know, there's the classic. But, but, but are you though? Like, it's, 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 okay, so there's the classic. You know, you have ten losses. You shouldn't be in the playoffs anyway, which is true. But this year, it really felt like you know maybe we have a shot. We beat the Cowboys, and you know Jalen Hurts was looking pretty good for the Eagles. Maybe they got a shot. I don't know. But it, it honestly just like benching. Okay, I see how benching Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld sort of makes sense if you want I don't. No, no, no. Hear me out. I sort of see how benching him makes sense if you want to evaluate Nate Sudfeld for a couple drives, maybe. But that's not playing to win. It's something, but it's not playing to win. If you're playing to win, you have your best player in the game. And Doug Peterson could have said something else in his press conference that would have made somewhat of some sense, but he said they were playing to win, which which isn't true because they weren't playing to win. And and it's weird because you always hear the same that Coaches, coaches don't tank, and e- even or players don't tank, and even coaches don't tank. But this was this was tanking. No, that was it was bad. I mean, Nate Sudfeld, and he obviously he fumbled a handoff. He threw a pick, basically immediately. Did, did he throw a pick on his first play? Some maybe a second. I mean, it just it wasn't good. It really and obviously, I mean, I know Jalen Hurts wasn't having his best game, but he's still your best quarterback, especially if Wentz is keeping him out. To, I mean, they didn't even suit him up. No, so. You know, that was pretty bad. And especially when you see Miles Sanders come out and say that it was weird and nobody wanted it. And then Jason Kelsey, the heart and soul of the Eagles, comes out and says, I, I had a, a non-confrontational talk with Peterson about, like, what that was. So that kind of sucks. And then, you know, you have you have the remnants of that Super Bowl team. You know, Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz. Um, Brandon Graham. Right. Um you know, like, th- those are the hearts of your team. And when they're disagreeing with that, like, you have to figure out as an organization, okay, what do we do with this situation? No, and I actually think out of all the teams in the NFC East and how bad it was this year, I think the Eagles had the worst year. When, every- when, when everything, like, in total, because here's the deal. The, the Giants in Washington weren't expected to do anything this year. They're young teams, and I think they both feel better about next year than they did before this year. The Cowboys obviously didn't have the year they wanted, but their quarterback was hurt, and they had other weapons get hurt. Their whole offensive line got hurt. Right. And so there's definitely something to build towards next year. But for the Eagles, it just doesn't feel like that at all, other than I guess Jalen Hurts did pretty well in um, his starts. And then, of course, when you're, when you're literally having players trying to fight your coach and almost starting a mutiny, it sounds like, I mean, that's, that's just fundamentally, that's not good. It's not no. good. It was just, it was bad. It was disappointing to see that on national television where everybody can see that. Right. And so that sets us up for a lovely NFL playoffs. The biggest that it's ever been. We've got three wildcard games. The super wildcard weekend, as they say. Um, we've got some interesting matchups. Some that 
shouldn't be super good, and then a couple that I think should be pretty good. Um, so the first one of the day on Saturday, uh, we've got the Colts heading into Buffalo. And so our thoughts about that game, it seems like the Colts, I mean, looking pretty good. Jonathan Taylor really coming into his own. But these last, these last couple weeks. Right, right? but th- I mean, there's no way they're going to stop Buffalo, right? There's no way they're going to hold them under like 30 points. I mean, that Colts defense, it, it is one of the better ones it's in true. the league. That is true. But, I mean, I think Josh Allen, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs, Beasley, like that that whole offense is just, it's it's a well-oiled machine. Oh, I mean, they have, I mean, that it talks, like, when I was watching the Bills game a couple weeks ago, it talks about the chemistry that Allen and Diggs have and how they play, you know, COD together, and they just, they're on the same page all the time, which is cool. Um, But it's, you know... Uh, in what might be Philip Rivers' last game, you know, maybe this isn't the way he wants to go. I mean, maybe, maybe he puts up an amazing performance that. Um, mm, I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know about that. Maybe, um, maybe, because I mean, he does have playoff experience, obviously. Right. It's, but I just, I just don't see it. Right, Buffalo. There's no way Buffalo loses in this one. I mean, and and even with what they sat Allen out for the second half, and they still put up 50 points against the Dolphins. Yeah, that was, that was nuts. Um, so yeah, we're taking the bills on that. Our next matchup, the Rams travel into Seattle and I think Seattle takes this one handily. Um, the Rams, especially with, with their quarterback and a questionable Jared Goff, um, it it just doesn't seem like they have any momentum. And while the Seahawks haven't looked amazing, it kind of just seems like they're the overall better team and can get this one done at home. Yeah, they, they definitely didn't look amazing against the Cardinals, um, who unfortunately missed the playoffs this year with, they did. with an injured Kyler Murray in the last game. Um, but I will say this. If Goff is back, I have the Rams in an upset. I I believe that... In a close defensive game, I assume? I, I Well, you know, it's weird because maybe... Maybe the Rams can finally be that defense that can maybe stop the Oh, they're, they're the defense that can do it, I think. Um, they totally did a, a week five or so, whenever that first game, that was the first matchup. Um, and then, you know, obviously, you have, you have two of one of the best uh, p- players at their positions, Donald and Ramsey. Oh, he's, I would say, the best, the best at their positions. The best. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if Goff is able to go, if he's able to tough it out, maybe, I, I see them on upset watch. Okay, I mean, I, I, I like that take. That's a fun take. Now for our next game, Womp Womp, uh, the... The Buccaneers travel to to Landover, Maryland, to take We're on watching two old men take on sing Washington. Washington. Take two on Washington. old men singing a football, and it's, it's not going to be particularly fun. It well, it would be exciting for Alex Smith. I, I don't know who I want to win this one. I have a hard time. While the Washington defense is good, I, I just they're not going to stop Brady and Godwin and Evans and Gronk and or Evans got hurt. He did get hurt. Is he confirmed out though for this game? I think he is. Oh well, that's. I mean, that's something. You know, it's still not going to happen. Yeah, it's though. not going to happen unless you know Chase Young has like five sacks and Alex Smith has. Chase like, Young has been talking a lot. I saw that right after the game when, hmm, you know. But that that's exciting. Like I I like Chase Young. Yeah, it, it's fun to hear him say that that they're not just going in and and doing it for Alex Smith would be cool. His story, obviously, coming back from a broken leg and an infection and. Almost dying. Almost dying, almost getting his leg amputated, you know. And now he's playing football. Very uh, inspirational. But they're going to lose. It's it's hard to see them winning. Right. Next one. So I think this, in my opinion, is the most exciting wild card game this weekend. You've got Sunday morning. 
the Ravens going into uh, Nashville to take on the Titans and Derrick Henry, which was a rematch of the divisional last year where the Titans shocked everybody and dominated in Baltimore. And, um, that, and that game was it – was, it wasn't close. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't close. Do you see a repeat of that? Or do you think the Ravens kind of they're, they're pretty both teams pretty hot right now. I think the Titans honestly, I don't know if they looked bad last week in a close game with the Texans. I just think the Texans were more motivated than they had been because of JJ Watt giving that speech of people not trying. Um I think the Ravens are hot, like red hot lately. I think this is the year that Lamar Jackson takes his step from regular season quarterback to playoff quarterback and I think they win in a shootout. This game is going to hinge on the QB play. I totally agree. Because, you know, and I hate maybe this narrative that goes out that Henry, because, you know, Henry is the majority focal point of the Tennessee offense. But, you know, Tannehill isn't a slouch. He's had a pretty good year. He can run. Tannehill can run, honestly. He, he's, uh, he's a great mobile quarterback, and he's able to, he's able to make the throws. I mean, that, that 50-yard bomb to A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I mean, Tannehill, is, Tannehill has had a pretty underrated year. Yeah, he's surprisingly fast. Yeah. Um, I think he played wide receiver in college. I am. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but it's going to come down to the QB play, and I think Baltimore can get it done. Uh, Lamar is obviously going to hurt a suspect Titans defense. And suspect. <laughs> it, it is. It no, is. it definitely is. Um, and it, it just seems that Baltimore is writing, I think they're writing the second most momentum in the playoffs behind the Bills. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Um, our next matchup, honestly kind of a lame one. Uh, Sunday afternoon, you've got the Bears and the Saints. I think neither of these teams have a ton of momentum. The Bears weren't going to win Week 17 against the Packers, but they did put up a better fight than I expected. Um, the Saints have kind of just been a boring team to watch this year. They've, they were dominant, but then they kind of weren't. Drew Brees was hurt. Now he's back. Doesn't look as great as he did before. He's getting old. Maybe his last season. Um, I, I, I think it's confirmed his last season. That's what, oh. that's what most of the players are saying. Like, yeah, Brees. Who knows? He not. could he could have some crazy thing happen. The riding off into the sunset postseason yeah. run. Right. Uh, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like the Bears are capable of winning a playoff game. But I I like. If the if the Saints were playing like a bad or like a decent wild card team, I could have them as a sneaky pick to get upset. But they're not. They're playing the Bears. Maybe who have no offense. It's <laughs> now that you mentioned that. Uh, maybe this isn't as much as the Bears want to win a play a game as much as it is, uh, seeing if they want to keep Trubisky around. Yeah, Ugh, God, it, this this game might be might be hard to watch honestly, unless Breeze can return return to. To playoff form. That's the thing. He obviously has more playoff experience than anyone on that Bears roster. So, I don't know. I think the Saints take care of business, yeah, but it might be a boring game. Yeah, if you're going to choose a game not to watch. And that one's on Nickelodeon, too, if you want to go watch on Nickelodeon. Maybe that'll make it more interesting. That, it's also on NBC, I think. But if you, you want to go... Watch it on Nickelodeon. Yeah, watch it on Nickelodeon for the interactive experience. Um. Yeah, boring game. Maybe maybe not interesting. Right. And that's I, the game they want to show to this next generation of NFL fans. Unbelievable. That's that's sad. Saints Saints in at least two touchdowns. Right. Okay, moving on to our last game, which I think is the second most exciting one. Cleveland uh, taking on Pittsburgh, our rematch of last week, where the Browns did win by two, but obviously the Steelers resting Big Ben. 
Um, I think this the Steelers take care of business. I actually think they do. I think the Browns have... It, it looked like they were building some momentum. Kind of lost it. Not a whole lot now. But um, I actually think it'll be pretty close. But I think just the reality is Big Ben is a veteran quarterback. Baker Mayfield's never started a playoff game. And most of these Browns have not. Um... I just think the Steelers get it done. Maybe a close one, though. I hope it is close. But with the news that Stefanski is going to Yeah, be oh, out, my God, I totally forgot about that. I mean, most of the Browns' coaching line is out yeah. for this game. And uh, the play caller is going to be the same play caller that did that called against the Jets. We know how that game went. Right. Oh, God. We, we, we don't like to talk about that. No, but. and that's, that's huge. I mean, that's why they need to be able to. That's really worrisome if you're a Browns fan. I um, think. And I actually had the Browns as an upset for this game. But with, with that news of, you know, Stefanski not being able to coach. It's a hard pick to make. It is a hard pick to make. And that's why I see maybe, maybe the Steelers just stifle the Browns offense um, if they're not able to get anything going. Yeah, that, I can totally see that happening. Who knows? It's. Who knows, maybe not even be close. Right. Okay, so this is a little segment I'm pretty excited about. We're going to go over one bold prediction we have for this postseason as well as our Super Bowl prediction. So would you like to start, or do you want me to go for it? Um, I actually have two. Now, okay, do your I thing. Just, I just thought about it. Um, obviously, first, if golf comes back, the Seahawks are on upset watch. But if the QBs in the Ravens-Titans game don't, uh, go as planned for those teams. I think Henry gets two hundred fifty yards. Two hundred fifty yards. Two hundred fifty yards. Back to back two hundred fifty yard games would really be he, something. He can do it. Yeah, if anyone can do it right now, it definitely would be him. All right, so I guess I'll give my bold take as well. Um, so the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, like I mentioned earlier, have a history of not performing in the playoffs. I think this is the year Lamar takes the jump. I think not only will the Ravens beat the Titans. If, if it comes to it, I think the Ravens take down the Chiefs in the, in the divisional in a shootout. A big shootout. Like 40-plus for each team. Reminding, reminding me of that game between the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, yeah, something like or that. Or the Browns and the Ravens earlier this season. I think it looks some, something like that. They need Lamar to get off the toilet and come rescue him. He won't even, hopefully he won't even need to go to the toilet in that one. That was uncalled for, but I, I appreciate that. that I'm, glad, I'm glad you do. And, okay, for the Super Bowl... After I have the Ravens making it to the AFC Championship, I think they lose to the Bills. And the Bills go to the Super Bowl on that built momentum. For me, it's hard to see anyone coming out of the NFC besides the Packers. Yeah. I think the Packers take down the Bills in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers and his experience are just way too much for Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, like you said, it's hard to see anybody coming out of the NFC besides the Packers. Um, I... I'm not quite sure as the Ravens get to the championship game. I still think it will be Chiefs Bills, and it's hard. That game is so hard because either, either maybe those offenses just completely give out, or it's a shootout. Yeah. Um, I I think I see it as Chiefs Packers, but I boring. Do think it, it but it's probably hard. the right pick, you know. Unfortunately, and you see, know it. It would be cool to see an underdog. Right I there. think so too. Um, but and who do you have winning that? I think I have the Packers winning. The Packers winning. Okay, so we're both on Team Aaron Rodgers for this postseason, which is a good team to be on, probably. I um, mean, we saw A.J. Dillon in that Tennessee game. I mean, he looked pretty good. That's another. Yeah, but then he didn't do much at all against the Bears. I mean, it's, it's another weapon that Aaron Rodgers has. And then Devontae. Devontae Adams, Adams is going to get 20 targets, like, every, every game. game. Yeah. Every game. Yeah. 
it's insane his production. Yeah, well, I'm glad we could uh, cover this postseason together. Hopefully, we don't suck like always. Hopefully, th- this is this is where we turn it around. Our takes, the we're ben, going 100. percent The Ben curse is no one of longer. us. One of us is gonna do do well. It ha- one of us has to do well, right? If we don't, well, we all picked the same for the wildcard games except for Ram Seahawks, didn't we? Right, and wow, wouldn't it be crazy if all upsets happened? <laughs> that would a, be something. In a 2021 uh, New uh, Year, yeah. crazy. All right, well, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Episode 6 of The Sideliners. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. Including where we're recording this right now, Anchor. Anchor. Um, Anchor. Appreciate the support. <laughs> Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Listen on Spotify, and we will see you all next time. All right. Have a good football weekend, everybody.